Hey friend, you're listening to Life Coach In Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hi, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. If you didn't listen to last week's episode where I interviewed Helen Kaniak for the second time, I'm going to recommend that at some point you go back and listen to that episode. Oof, it is vulnerable. She and I share just candidly what it's like to be human doing this work, and we're not perfect. And we went into some of the ways in which we're not perfect, but applying what we're learning here in NLP and applying what we know as coaches applying what we know about mental health is helping us in our family dynamics. So it was a little embarrassing for me to go back and listen to that episode because I was like, ooh, I wish I could (laughs) sparkle that up a little bit or soften uh, the reality of being human and uh, being in progress. But I'm glad that it is out there because everyone's human. Everyone has moments where they aren't perfect and it's reality. So we were just sharing a little bit about how when we have our human moments of anger or sadness or hurt, um, getting to the other side of that, using the tools, using the knowledge that we have. So um, I think it's insightful regardless And so just a plug for last week's episode, if you didn't listen yet, you may want to go back and listen at some point. But that being said, today, I wanted to talk to you more about some of the tools that I have learned in my life that have been extremely helpful for me in making decisions. I don't know if you've ever struggled with analysis paralysis, but I definitely did prior to learning some of this mental health work and learning coaching and learning NLP, I really struggled with making decisions. I always like questioned myself and worried, am I making the right decision? Am I making the wrong decision? What if this decision leads to something I don't want in my life or I manifest something that I shouldn't because I made the wrong choice? I mean, oh my gosh, the amount of time I would spend making decisions. I'll give you an example. My husband and I, when we first got married, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and we were clearly beginning to outgrow this one-bedroom apartment because (laughs) my husband at the time was really into making music, and in our one-bedroom studio apartment, he was constantly making his beats and making his music out in the living room, and me being an introvert and wanting to read and listen to my audiobooks, I just was constantly inundated with these beats that he was making and that wasn't the only reason but just we just were starting to feel like we were crawling on top of each other like he needed a space to work I needed a space to work we needed just our own place to be an individual so 
as we're outgrowing this one bedroom apartment, there was a two bedroom apartment that was becoming vacant and available at the front end entrance of the apartment complex that we were already staying at. So we weren't even moving to a different complex. We were literally just going to move into a larger apartment. And I struggled with this decision. Like, I just felt like, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if, you know, what if we get over there and we don't like it? What if we get over there and we can't make the extra? I don't even remember what the extra payment was, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe it was an extra $300 for that second bedroom. And um, I just really was going over and over and over in my mind, overthinking everything as far as whether or not this was quote unquote the right decision or not. Now, this is classic analysis paralysis. This is what happens when you are overthinking and you like make a pros and cons list and you still can't make up your mind. So if you've ever struggled with any type of overthinking or delayed decision making, I think that this podcast is going to be especially helpful for you because what I'm going to give you is basically tools and strategies for whether or not to know you are making decisions, not right or wrong. I want to eliminate the terminology right or wrong, but whether or not you are making the best decisions possible for you and for your life, given a formula. (laughs) So those of you that are like, yes, give me the formula, because if I can just make it a mathematical equation, that'll take out a lot of the heartache and a lot of the overthinking. That's what we're going to do today. Now in NLP, this concept is called toward and away from, and I'm going to break down what that means and how you can apply it to every single decision that you make. I have talked about toward and away from before, yet this time what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some concrete examples from my life of times in my life when I've made decisions toward, times in my life when I've made decisions away from, and how you can understand this concept in a new way to actually apply it to your daily life. And if you're listening to this and you are NLP certified and you know toward and away from already, what I want you to take away from this podcast is Where in your life are you still making decisions away from based on the examples that I'm giving you? So that's kind of extra. If you already know toward and away from, but you're listening anyway, where in your life are you still making decisions based on away from given my personal examples? Okay, so let's dive in. If you don't know what toward and away from is, I'm going to define it. So toward decisions move us toward our higher self. In other words, these are decisions that we make based on love. These are decisions that we make based on joy. These are decisions that we make based on pure light. These are decisions that we make where there's no fault in it, okay? Away from is when we make decisions based on fear, when we make decisions based on lack, when we make decisions based on scarcity. Okay, so... Let's give a scenario where there's not necessarily a right or a wrong decision, but you're just trying to decide. So let's say someone is trying to decide if they're going to start working out at the gym or if they're going to start working out at home. This is one of those decisions where it doesn't really matter as long as the individual is making the decision based on toward thinking. So I'll tell you what toward at the gym would sound like versus toward at home. Away from at the gym would sound like away from at home 
would sound like. Okay, so let's say this person is thinking to themselves, you know, I really would love to work out at the gym because the gym is going to provide me with my own space. Um, It's going to be getting me out of the house. I'm going to be in a space that's dedicated to working out. So I feel like I'm going to be more empowered if I work out at the gym. I feel like if I go to the gym, I'll be surrounded by people who are working out and that's going to fuel me to work out harder. If I work out at the gym, then I'm not going to be distracted by things at home. I'm going to be totally focused. So I want to work out at the gym because it's the place and the space where I'm going to be empowered and focused. That is someone who is motivated by toward all of those reasons to work out at the gym where I want and this would help me. This is what working out Uh, at the gym away from would sound like these are things that are going to be I don't want or I don't have lack and scarcity mindset um, and then working out the gym might not be the best so the thinking would sound like well you know I'm don't think that working out at home is going to be the best for me because I'm going to just be constantly overwhelmed with the phone ringing and the laundry ringing, uh, the laundry ringing and the laundry piling up. Um, if I'm working out at home, I'm going to be constantly annoyed by people walking in and out of the house. I don't want people at home to see me working out because that's awkward and that's uncomfortable for me. So therefore, I'm going to get away from all of that and I'm going to go to the gym where other people who are stronger than me and fitter than me, you know, they it might make me feel bad about myself, but when I'm there feeling bad about myself, then um, hopefully that'll make me do the work. Okay, that's away from thinking. Why? Because I'm trying to get away from the house. I'm trying to get away from the environment that's not working. Now, in this example, you might be thinking, well, who cares as long as you are walking into the outcome that's going to support you exactly but I'm going to go way deeper into letting you know why away from decision making starts to hurt you in the long run and how you can avoid it and stop it really quickly though to close up this example let's talk about what away from um, at home versus toward home workout would sound like So someone who is working out at home as an away from, that would sound like this. I really don't want to go to the gym because when I go to the gym, I'm going to see people who are super fit and super strong and I'm just not good enough to be in that environment. I feel insecure when I'm at the gym. I don't want to drive all the way there. I don't want to have to buy the gym membership because then people are going to see how often I work out and they're going to judge me when I'm not there. So if I work out at home, then I'm safe, then I'm secure. Nobody knows if I'm working out or not working out. Nobody knows if I'm missing my workout or not. And um, I can look ridiculous at home and uh, I'm away from judging eyes. Okay. That's away from motivated because you're avoiding the gym. Does this make sense? Is this starting to make sense? But working out at home could also be a toward. And that would sound like this. You know what? For financial reasons, I'm going to work out at home because I know that I can hold myself accountable just the same as a gym membership. Yet I'm going to save money. I'm going to be fiscally responsible. So working out at home is going to fill me up. It's going to fill my cup up. It's going to allow me to get into the best shape of my life. Yet I'm going to do that 
in the privacy of my own home and save money? Well, I'm motivated by something that's a positive thing. So if I'm motivated by something that's a positive thing, it's a tour decision to work out at home. Now, why does any of this matter? Okay, let's blow this picture up a little bit. When you are pursuing the best version of yourself, which you are, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're hearing the words coming out of my mouth, you are pursuing the best possible version of yourself. You're doing personal development right now, which means you desire to be better. Well, in desiring to grow and desiring to be better, you are going to want to make decisions based on things that are going to allow you growth in your life. Okay, doesn't that sound so duh when I say it out loud? If you're pursuing growth, you're going to make decisions that allow you to grow. Yes, that makes sense. So if I'm wanting to step into the best possible version of myself, that means I'm going to make decisions based on the best possible version of myself. So if I'm trying to make decisions based on the best possible version of myself, I'm going to choose the things that cause me growth and love and light so therefore if going to the gym is growth in a positive mindset I'm going to do that if staying at home and working out is growth in a positive mindset I'm going to do that now when you listen to your thoughts to determine if it's toward or away from this is how you determine toward thoughts are I want I would like this is what I desire for my life Away from statements sound like fear, lack, and scarcity. I don't want. Or it's an away from because I desire it for the wrong reasons. And we're going to talk about that. So I had a friend that reached out to me. And she was just curiously asking. She was like, okay, you do pageants. And I'm wondering if doing pageants is like providing the best possible version of yourself or not because my question is you know are some people doing pageants as a way of attention seeking right being out there and being kind of a phony version of themselves where they put themselves out there and they feel elated being kind of like this perfect yet fake version of themselves or what about the people who don't want to do pageants because getting out there in front of an audience is totally terrifying to them and then should they do pageants because they're going to work on that terror and they're going to get up on stage and they're going to grow? And I said, yes, exactly. Uh, the motivation to do a pageant is what we're looking at when we're talking at toward or away from. So the person who does pageants as a toward is doing them because they want the growth. They maybe want to work on their public speaking skills. They maybe want to work on their presentation. They know that getting out there in front of a live audience is going to inspire them to be better. They're still going to be themselves, yet they're going to be working on their growth. This is a growth mindset. The person who avoids pageants because of fear, because they just can't imagine being up there, because they're afraid of judge judgment. They're afraid of people looking at them. They don't want to get out there in a swimsuit because they're insecure. They're choosing not to do a pageant as an away from. But the opposite could also be true. The person who does a pageant because it does give them a false sense of security, it gives them a false sense of safety. They're out there being phony and this sort of, you know, 
makes them feel better about themselves, well, then that's an away from. So do you see how the decision itself is neither good nor bad? We, what we want to look at instead of trying to decide is this quote-unquote good or bad or is this quote-unquote the right thing to do, we want to look at our motivation. Now, this, of course, totally excludes moral issues. I'm not here to discuss moral issues, okay? If you know that something is quote-unquote wrong to do, then that doesn't apply to this conversation. This conversation is when you're trying to make the best decision for your life, but you're struggling to figure out what that is then you look at your motivations. Am I motivated by the best possible version of myself or not? Now, I'm going to give you an example from my own life. What's funny about this story is I had already been doing the work for three years and I didn't catch that this wasn't away from motivation (laughs) until later. Ah. So anyway, that's why it's so important to think about your thinking. Because when you fail to think about your thinking, you might not catch the away froms in your motivations. All right. So we're talking about this was COVID year. This was 2020. And at this time, my husband and I were looking at moving. We wanted to move out of state. We wanted to move to Idaho. Now, if you've been following the podcast pretty closely, you know that we have since moved. However, I'm talking about years prior, we were looking at moving to Idaho. And at that time, years ago, we were both totally motivated for the wrong reasons. We were motivated by away from. Here's what I'm talking about. A couple of years ago, uh, we were really struggling in our relationship with one another. And there are a lot of reasons for that. But the main reason is that uh, well, we didn't know if we had job security. My husband especially didn't know if he had job security. So we had a lot of financial stress um, on his end from not having a job or not knowing if he was going to have a job due to the recession at the time of 2020 and people being laid off. So that caused extra stress in our relationship. On top of that, We were fighting a lot about whether or not we wanted to start a family or not. We felt like we did want to start a family. The timing was probably right, but also with not knowing where we were at financially, we didn't know if it was the right decision. There was a lot of stress and pressure because I felt like uh, we were getting older and we'd already been married for so long. And I just was like, I don't know, you know, when are we ever going to start a family? So We were just having a hard time in our relationship. And on top of that, we weren't connecting with one another because of that year of COVID of being home all the time. We were home all the time. We were together all the time, but we weren't intentionally together all the time. Do you know what I mean? We weren't spending quality time together. We weren't pursuing one another. We were kind of taking each other for granted because We were stuck in the same house all the time. So we kind of became indifferent to one another, which caused more tension in our relationship. So our solution to solve this problem was, what if we move? What if we start over somewhere else? What if we just get up, uproot our lives, go somewhere else, and that's going to fix our problems? (laughs) You ever had a thought like that? Well, that is away from motivation, ladies and gentlemen, because we are trying to run away from our problems. 
I'll give you another reason why this was an away from motivated decision. I had a job at the time. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I had a job at the time that I was really starting to feel sick of, but I also felt kind of trapped. It's really hard to explain my thinking at the time because I was starting to excel at this life coaching thing. I was getting more clients. I was wanting to put more into my business, but I felt like I had one foot tied to this other job. And I had, you know, coworkers that I loved and people that I loved that I worked with. And I felt tied to my clients at this other job. I didn't want to leave, but I did want to leave because I wanted to pursue my business. I just felt like, man, I just don't have a good enough reason to tell all of my clients and all of my coworkers and my boss why I'm quitting. So if I move, then I don't have to have all these hard conversations. I can just say, we're moving. And that'll be the end of that job. Hello, that's away from motivation. Why? Because I'm avoiding the difficult conversations. Another example. I had a friendship at this time in 2020 that was extremely draining. I don't know if you've ever had a friendship like this, but this was the type of friend where I wanted to help this person. I really did. Um, I wanted her to feel empowered. I wanted to give her coaching because we'd been friends for a really long time, probably 15 plus years and I had just seen her suffer and struggle and make one bad decision after another, after another, and kind of lose respect for herself and do things that just were clear to me that she did not love herself. And I just wanted to help her. And so every time that we hung out, it became me trying to help her and her kind of making excuses for why she wasn't helping herself and it became her complaining about her life the entire time we were together. It didn't matter if we were together for 30 minutes or four hours. The entire conversation was about how hard her life was. And this began to be really draining for me. But I also didn't know how to have that conversation with her because it was really awkward for me to say, hey, I'm not enjoying our time together anymore. Uh, hey, I'm not really getting anything out of this relationship this feels very one-sided and there are other reasons for that like whenever she wanted to hang out it was always what she wanted to do on her terms and me driving probably 40 45 minutes up to see her um and this became very very taxing for me and I was willing to do it 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 until one day I kind of was like why am I doing this like I'm pouring so much into this person and it doesn't really seem like, number one, doesn't seem like she appreciates it. And number two, doesn't really seem like she even wants my help. And do you know that old saying, you can only help people who want to be helped. You cannot help people who don't want to be helped. Hashtag duh, especially hello, talking to me, a coach. But it was just very hard for me to apply that wisdom and knowledge because I wanted it for her so bad. I wanted healing for her so bad that I was willing to ignore that and just be like, one day she'll wake up and be ready to change and I'm going to be there. But we, this went on for years. And so in 2020, it got to the point where I was like, maybe I should just move. Like, then I don't have to have that conversation and I can wish her well, and we can still like talk on the phone every once in a while, but I don't have to tell her how exhausted I am always driving to her house and 
having four hour conversations about how horrible her life is. And this is so vulnerable for me to share. Like I'm cringing right now, telling you the deepest, most private thoughts of that I was having at the time, but it's real. It's reality. I'm human too. So for all these reasons and many more, my husband and I were like, and, and here's the other thing. It's not like consciously I was like, here's all of the reasons why we're running away. I didn't think of those consciously. What I thought consciously was, wow, moving would be so great. Um, it really feels like we should have a fresh start somewhere else. Okay. It wasn't until I did the work on myself that I dug deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper to find all these unconscious reasons why moving was so appealing. And that's what you often have to do with yourself is you're not necessarily always going to be totally aware of what's motivating you. You're not always going to be totally aware of what's unconscious because it's unconscious. It's totally subconscious. You're not aware of it until you either sit with a therapist or sit with a life coach or sit and do your journaling homework that your life coach has given you and you realize, whoa, these are my deepest innermost thoughts. So what I'm saying to you is I'm giving you my deepest innermost thoughts, but you have to understand that getting to those takes time, it takes effort, and it takes work. So anyway, we decide that we're going to up and move. So we go and we tour Idaho and we absolutely love it. And we feel in our spirit that this is where we're supposed to be. Like, this is it. This is where we're supposed to be. And so we start looking at homes, we start talking to a realtor, we start talking to a loan officer, and we start getting things organized. And it felt really hard. I don't know if you've ever felt like something is really hard in your life, like there's a blockage there. But every conversation that we had with the realtor was difficult. Every conversation we had with the loan officer was difficult. Every time they asked us for anything, it felt like a huge drag. I just can't explain it. This process was just so painful that we ended up wondering, like, maybe this isn't the right time. And then we put an offer on the home. It didn't get accepted. Um, we put an offer in another home and it fell through and it was just hard. So we ended up kind of retreating back into our turtle shell and being like, I guess we're not meant to move. So I guess we're going to stay here. Well, when we decided, I guess we're going to stay here. Guess what we had to do? We had to look at all the reasons why we wanted to move and we had to clean them up. So I had to have those difficult conversations at work. And I had to say, I'm ready to quit this job. I had to have those conversations with all of my clients, with all of my coworkers and with my boss. And then I had to have a very uncomfortable conversation with my friend and say, you know what, this relationship is starting to not work for me. Like I'm starting to feel really one-sided. I'm starting to feel really drained. I don't want to get to a point where I'm feeling resentful of you. Like I just want to be honest and open about where I'm coming from so we can heal the relationship. And that's the thing about boundaries, you guys. Side note when when somebody establishes a boundary with you or when somebody shares that the relationship isn't working that's actually them trying to save the relationship that's actually a very healthy person who's trying to work things out with you because what's the alternative ghost you right 
just disappear and not tell you why? Ugh, don't you hate it when you're on the receiving end of that? I do. And um, I have had friends call me up before. I've had a couple of friends in my life. They're still my friends to this day because they were willing to do this. And it's funny, both conversations were the exact same. So there you go. Something for me to work on. I've had two different friends call me up in my life and say, Rachel, I feel like I'm not a priority in your life. Like, I feel like I'm always the one reaching out. I'm always the one initiating things. I feel like you really don't value this friendship. And when you hear that more than once, first of all, you hear it the first time and you're like, whoa, what? Especially because the two people that I have heard this from were like my best friends. Both of them were bridesmaids in my wedding. So to me, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like my best friend. What do you mean? I don't value the relationship. But in hearing that from over the years, this wasn't like back-to-back conversations, but from two of my bridesmaids over the years have come and said that to me, I really had to look at my behavior and say, why, why do they think that I don't value the relationship? What can I work on to make my friends know that I love them? And in each of these circumstances, it was giving them more quality time because quality time, if you know the five love languages, there's gifts, there's acts of service, there's um, love, words, I'm sorry, there's words, words of affirmation. Let me start over. There's gifts, there's acts of service, there's words of affirmation, and then there's quality time. And what is the last one? And physical touch. So like hugs, or if you're in a relationship with somebody, hand-holding, right? Um, doesn't always have to be sex, but it could include sex. But personal touch in kind of your platonic relationships is hugs, hugging people. Anyway, I my number one love language is words of affirmation. That's my number one love language. I feel totally loved by friends who just send me texts and say, Rachel, I love you. You're awesome. Here's the reasons I love you. I'm like, my love tank is full, right? Exploding full, like overflowing full. And so that's how I was loving my friends with my love language. Hey, I love you. You're awesome. These are the reasons I love you. Send them a text. Well, both of these friends, guess what their love language is? Quality time. Both of these friends that were like, hey, Rachel, I don't think you value our relationship here. They were both, number one, quality time. Quality time at that time for me was like lowest on the list. And that's also from hurt and trauma. Like that was something that I had to realize is you don't get to just be like, well, that's not important to me. Look at why it's not important to you and work on it. So quality time wasn't really that important to me. But again, it wasn't important to me because... I had a way from fears involved with quality time based on some trauma in my life. So once I cleaned up the trauma in my life, now I really love quality time with my friends. I really do enjoy it. It's something that I definitely value, but I didn't before. Maybe it seems like I'm off on a tangent here, but my whole point is that if you get into a situation with a friend where you are like, I'm unhappy. You deserve to tell them what's going on and vice versa. If somebody ghosts you or you stop hearing from somebody, reach out and just ask them, hey, is there anything I could be doing better in this friendship? And if they're worth their salt as a friend, they will let you know. 
So anyway, I had to have this conversation with my friend. I had to have these conversations at work. And guess what else? I had to work on my marriage. And all of 2020, after my husband and I could not get a home together, we were like, maybe this time he's not right. Because if we buy a home together, and this is why away from does not work. If we buy a home together before cleaning up all of our stuff, we're going to bring all of that trauma with us except we're going to be under contract for a home together and that's going to add more stress and more stress into a stressed relationship is not a wise choice so we worked on our marriage for that entire year and I won't get into the details of that yet Um, I'm hoping my husband will come on one day and we can share what we did to work on our relationship because I think it's really powerful but we totally flipped our relationship upside down And we healed our relationship by the grace of God in an entire year. uh, Everything about our relationship shifted and changed for the better. And then after we, and, and he got a job, he got his career going. And then two years later, we were like, wow, now all we have left are the positive reasons why we want to move. The good reasons why we want to move because we want to be homeowners in a state that's more aligned with us and who we are as people with our values and things like that. So then we knew it was the right time to move because we only had positive toward reasons to go. Now, here's why I'm telling you to look at your toward and away from in your life. Away from motivations. When we are motivated by away from fear, lack, and scarcity, and we're motivated to do something, this fear, lack, and scarcity motivation, it's kind of like the carrot versus the stick, right? The carrot is the positive reasons why we're moving to do something versus running away from the stick. Well, imagine, let's take this metaphor further. Imagine you're on a horse and you're beating that thing with a stick in order to motivate it to go. If that's its motivation to go and you stop beating it with the stick, what happens to the horse? The horse stops because it's no longer motivated. So when you are motivated only by the pain, only by the fear, only by the hurt, lack, and scarcity, you are motivated to take action only until the pain is gone. You must be motivated by the carrot. You must have toward reasons to do something because once you obtain the carrot there's always another carrot moving you forward moving you toward your final destination so one way of looking at this is let's take it back to the gym analogy but I'm going to explain it in a little bit different way and you're going to hear this and you're going to understand this and you're going to be like I get it now I'm going to totally apply this to my life so I can get what I want Okay, it's January. People are making New Year's resolutions at the wazoo. Let me give you the shortcut to getting what you want this year. The person who says to themselves, let's say there's two people actually. Let's take this analogy. There's two people and both of them have the same goal. They both want to lose 35 pounds. And one of them is motivated by away from. The away from motivated, I want to lose 35 pounds person sounds like this. 
I want to lose 35 pounds because I do not want to be overweight anymore. When I wake up and look in the mirror, I do not like what I see. When I put my pants on, they're too tight. I do not like the way I feel. When I walk around, I'm insecure about my body. I don't like that. Every time I feed myself, I just feel guilt and shame. I don't like that. I need to change myself in order to feel more comfortable in my body, in order to love myself more, whatever, right? So let's take the other person. The other person who wants to lose 35 pounds actually is going to even say it differently. And they're going to say, I can't wait until I weigh whatever, 130 pounds, whatever their goal weight is. I can't wait until I weigh my goal weight. I can't wait. I want to feel strong. I want to feel empowered. I want to get into that gym and make friends there and have a community of fit people in my life. I want to live longer. I want to have more energy every day. I want to be able to play with my kids, with my grandkids. That person has toward reasons. They have love reasons. They have all of the things that they want. None of the things that they don't want. So that's why I'm calling that person the toward person. Let's say they're both motivated enough to get to the gym and they both go there on day one. Guess what? The toward person is like, going to make friends because that was one of their reasons. They're like, oh, they're talking to people. They're like, I love it here. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to dive right into these classes. I'm going to talk to the instructor afterwards. I'm going to get this workout in. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling good. I'm motivated by my end goal. This is great. The away from person shows up. They look around the gym. What do they see? Man, all these people are super fit and I'm not. I don't even know if I should be here really. I don't know if I fit in here. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. I, man, I hate this. I wish my body was already in shape. That's their self-talk, the whole workout. Guess who's going to quit? The away from motivated person is going to quit because their self-talk is full of garbage. Whereas the toward motivated person is motivated by the end picture. They're excited to be there. They're excited by their outcome. They are loving themselves through the process. That toward person is going to get results. Let's just say, though, that both these people get results. Even the away from motivated person who hated it the whole time and felt insecure the whole time. Let's say they made it to their end goal and they lost 35 pounds. Guess what? The stick stops beating them. They're like, shoo, I did it. That was hard. That was awful. I hated it the whole time, but at least I got to my goal. Peace. I'm out of here. And their motivation's gone. That's the type of person who yo-yos up and down and backslides because they're only motivated when they hate their body or hate their shape or hate their physical fitness level, right? If they're only motivated by what they don't like, they're only going to do the work once they've backslidden. The toward motivated person who's like made friends and they loved it the whole time and they're loving this new goal and their new body and their new this and their new that, they hit their goal, they're going to be like, great, awesome, let's make another goal. I'm not done yet. So this is why it's really important that you make decisions, you make goals in your life based on toward. Now, remember I said you can also figure out how to make decisions faster with toward and away from. So here's the assignment that you can do that's going to help you make decisions faster, which by the way, maybe like your first or second or third decision, you're like, this is taking more time to make a decision, or I'm not seeing a lot of fruit for this labor. I'm telling you, 
that if you can get really good at doing Torn Away From really fast in your head, it's going to save you years. That might sound like an exaggeration, but I'm being dead serious. Um, research any any top performer like Bill Gates. I think it was Bill Gates. I could have this wrong, but look it up. I think it was Bill Gates that said, I wear the same shirt every day so I don't have to make a decision in the morning because that saves me time. Uh, what? So he doesn't even want to spend time making the, the decision of what he's going to wear in the morning. So what does that tell you? It tells you decision making adds up and it can take a lot of time away from our lives on the daily, on the weekly, on the monthly, on the yearly. And those decision making time adds up. That decision making time adds up. So if we can get really good at listening to our inner talk and making decisions faster, we're going to get years back on our life. We just are. And we're going to be in the top performers that aren't stuck in analysis paralysis forever. So here's how, what you do. You make a list. And I would say first on your blank piece of paper, make a T-chart. On one side, you're going to label toward and underneath toward because that's a new word and we're still kind of learning it underneath toward I want you to put wants desires so toward wants desires on the other side of the teacher you're going to put away froms fears don't wants don't haves fears don't wants don't haves okay so then let's say you put the decision at the top of the list they like move into a new apartment what are the toward reasons? Well, we want more space. We desire to have an office. We desire to each have a workspace. We desire to have alone time. We desire to have whatever, right? All of the reasons why we want this apartment. Then on the other side, the away froms are the fears, don't haves, or don't wants. There's still some there. One of the things I didn't want was I don't want to hear beats being made every single day. I don't want to feel like I'm on top of my husband all day long every day. I need my own space. Those are the I needs, don't haves, or, or don't wants. Then you're going to look at the list and say, which side has more on it? The wants, desires, and towards? The fears, lack, scarcities, don't wants. Then you're going to be able to decide, is this decision the best decision for me? Now, here's the extra cherry on top. If you're making this T-chart and you see away from motivations on there, you can actually clean those up so that all of your motivation becomes toward. How do you clean those up? You either do it the old-fashioned way, like I'm telling you, like I had to have difficult conversations with clients. I had to difficult conversations with my friend. I had to work on my marriage. Or you can take a shortcut. And you can hire a life coach and say, help me work through these away froms. Help me get rid of if there's any traumas, negative emotions, or limiting beliefs that are hidden in these negative uh, motivations. Get rid of them for me. And your life coach will say, all right, let's take a look at it. And they will help you find the pain. They'll help you find the trauma. They will help you find if there's any negative emotions or any limiting decisions that are contributing to your away from side of your paper. They'll clean them up for you. And boom. Now you're only motivated by toward. And remember why? Why do you want to be only motivated by toward? Because you're going to get the results that you want. And you're going to get the results that you want faster. If you're motivated by away from, you might get to an end result. 
but you're going to take all your crap with you when you get there. If I would have moved two years ago, three years ago, I would have taken all the drama with me. I still would have been not willing and able to have difficult conversations with people. And I still would have had my marital problems. So you want to do the cleanup work in order to support you in getting what you really want in your life. Running away doesn't do anything unless you do the work. So takeaways from today. How do you make decisions faster? You have to know if you're making that decision from love or fear. If you're making the decision from love and you're like, these are positive reasons, make the decision. If making the decision is going to be from fear, lack, or scarcity, don't make the decision. And the vice versa is also true. If doing nothing is because doing something would be scary, well, there's your answer. You have to do something because you're avoiding action because it's scary. Uh, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. You have to take the action. All right. So make decisions, make them fast, make those goals count, make them toward love and live the best possible version of your life. I hope you have found this super helpful in creating your New Year's resolutions and goals. And by the way, if you haven't made New Year's resolutions or goals yet, there's still time. You have the rest of the year to make this year the best. I will say this though. Don't let this year go by without at least making some goals. The older you get, the, the more you realize how precious time is and how fast it goes. And you can waste an entire year doing absolutely nothing. Or you can decide that a year from now, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be more mentally fit. You're going to have more money. You're going to have more abundance because you spent a year working on those things. So just make some goals. I'll end with this. My husband, I think it was yesterday or the day before, he's been doing 75 hard since the first day of the year. And if you don't know what 75 hard is, look it up. But it's basically a list of things that you have to do every day. And if you miss one, you start your 75 over again. And you have to do it perfectly for 75 days in order to say that you completed the 75 day hard. And I'll just give you some examples. You have to do two workouts that are 45 minutes. One of those workouts has to be inside. Then later you can, or I'm sorry, one of those workouts has to be outside. The other one can be inside or outside, but one has to be outdoors. So you're doing two 45 minute workouts. One of them's outdoors. You're drinking a gallon of water every day. You are reading 10 pages of personal development, all these things, right? And he's totally motivated to do this. And I'm really excited for him. He's motivated by toward totally. He's like, this is going to be the, as is making me the best possible version of myself. I'm like more power to you. He comes to me and says, I'm really getting a lot out of this. Do you want to do it with me? And I said, no, absolutely not. And he didn't understand that at first because he thought I was saying no as in away from like, nah, that sounds too hard. But I really was saying no as a toward because I was like, you know what? That's taking on too much for me right now. And that doesn't feel in alignment for me. I'm taking care of my son. And doing one workout for 25 to 30 minutes a day is plenty for me to focus on. If I take on that 75 hard, it's going to be an away from. It's going to be for my ego to prove how awesome I am or whatever. I'm not interested in that. I don't need 75 hard. I want to meet myself where I'm at right now, which is one workout a day, indoors or outdoors, 30 minutes or less. Um, so again, 75 hard for him was a toward 
75 hard for me, the total away from it would have been a total ego, like I'm doing this thing, let me tell the whole world. And so I just thought for a second, is this a toward or away from? It's an away from. I don't want to do it. Boom. And then, you know, he he questioned me a little bit because it was such a toward for him. He assumed it wasn't away from that I was saying no, that I was just avoiding the pain or whatever. And I'm like, listen, that's not it. It's not an alignment for me right now. So that is just an example of when you make your goals and New Year's resolutions, find alignment. Find what feels right for you. Find what feels good for you. Find what you're motivated toward and do that and only that. All right, my friends, remember life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. I love you and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.